0: Hey guys, welcome to Smart Woman Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I am Jessen. And I'm Juliette. And today we're going to be reviewing The Viscount Who Loved Me, the second book in Julia Quinn's Bridgerton series, which is like... A total favorite it's, for us. Yes, we we love yes. it. But before we dive in, we want to make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. And if you mm-hmm. would, could you please rate and review us so that other listeners can find us? Juliet and I love getting feedback from our listeners, so follow us on social media pages at SW Read Rom. If you're looking for some extras, join our Patreon for access to exclusive giveaways, a look behind the scenes of our episodes and exclusive content, including monthly videos featuring Q&As and some fun games. Mm -hmm. Special shout out to our patrons over on Patreon. Thank you so much for the support, guys. We really appreciate it. Oh, my. What have we been up to? What have we been up to? Oh, you know what? I've been meaning, and maybe I'll ask in a – maybe I'll ask in a – poll on instagram okay yeah something. instagram but, polls i love those yeah i love those too i love getting feedback from mm-hmm. y'all but um yeah so we love doing mini sods and we hope that you love our mini sods too They're we try to make those short and sweet mm-hmm. for like They're short commutes do. and stuff exactly and um we've just been thinking about other topics like yeah. um i know that we said that we wanted to do um Pet peeves in romance, Mm -hmm. like what? What are our pet peeves that like really aggravate us when we're reading a book and be like, "No, not this." I found one the other day. I
1: was like, "I'm adding this." Remember?
0: Yes, it is so funny. I actually need to go add it. I do have a um, I do have a little Google Doc, yeah, um, ready for the pet peeves because I have quite a few. I might have to limit us on that. I don't. You
1: have (laughs) you have have a list. I do. I have have, I have quite a few. Um,
0: so that's definitely when we wanted to do. Um also I thought a fun one would be unrealistic
1: sex scenes. Like Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're always like talking about find- shower scenes are, are hard, y'all. Like, yes, I want to go always find, talk about that. like the
0: craziest, the craziest sex scenes. And I'm just like, how are they That's doing that? Happening. Are they acrobats?
1: <laughs> like, what is happening? Is she a contortionist? Um,
0: <laughs> but I thought that that would be a fun one. But we also want to get feedback from you guys if you have any suggestions. Yeah. Any mini-stones uh, in particular that you want... That you would like to hear us record and yeah, we'll definitely be open to doing that on the podcast here. So Juliet is going to start us off and tell us a little bit whatever we need to know about the Bridgertons.
1: Okay. Julia Quinn's Bridgerton series chronicles the love stories of the iconic eight Bridgerton children. Masterfully weaving humor and drama, Quinn turns her attention to the head of the Bridgerton family as he seeks a wife Who he would never be in danger of loving. Hmm. But the best laid plans can topple when faced with an immovable force or a bee (laughs) and a Kate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) These vibrant characters practically jump off the page thanks to Quinn's skilled writing. The sexual tension and emotional character arcs will have you at the edge of your seat wondering what will happen next. What
0: will happen
1: next?
0: (laughs) Now, so Julia Quinn. Has been a favorite of ours for probably almost a decade now, oh, yeah. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have to say that Julia Quinn's historical romance, because I had, I think I had picked up a couple historicals. And before that, I think I read the Philippa Gregory novels. Which, and then
1: we were looking at Stephanie Lawrence, I think we were I think Stephanie
0: Lawrence came Was after,
1: after <laughs> Julia? Maybe so.
0: Yeah, because I think that after we found Julia Quinn, because, I love Julia Quinn's writing style because mm-hmm. not only Me is too. it historical it's almost kind of rom-com-y yes, too you it's know what I'm so saying but funny. It's, it's fitting then, like the yeah. setting and the, it's just awesome and I love the way that she writes her characters mm-hmm. it's I find that she just has a really good balance between like drama and humor. Agreed. So I really like it. It's like the brainchild between historical romance and rom com.
1: Yes, and um, and she did explore some dramatic themes in this one, which I thought oh, was really yes. interesting. I think that that, that that's why.
0: I, cause it's so hard picking one of the Bridgerton novels to do, please, I you know, know. <laughs> and, but I always fu- found the, um, relationship between the two mains very interesting mm-hmm. in this one. So yeah, um, yeah. they have yeah. a theme that we yeah, had this, talked about
1: earlier. Yeah. She's talking about, um, well, this irrational fear both of them have, mm-hmm. you know, and so it stems from very logical reasons, exactly. but it just overtakes their life and like sort of haunts them and guides them in. Not so great ways. You yeah. know what I mean? And hinders um, them
0: a little bit, I have yeah. to say. I won't and get
1: too spoilery about it, but yeah. I just thought it was a very interesting theme or topic for historical romance. You just don't see that kind of thing. You right, know what I mean?
0: exactly. It's not just like the storyline was not your typical cliche historical mm-hmm. romance. Like, exactly. yes, we have a rake,
1: and yes, yes we
0: have, you know... <laughs> the the wallflower who nobody's really paying attention to but i think that julia quinn just um she definitely explores deeper themes and it just makes the story more memorable Mm -hmm. and stand out and i think that's why and she
1: does a good job of balancing like you said that drama Mm -hmm. and and humor and wit exactly and i think that's what makes the
0: British hens really stand out. So um there is a really fun thing that happens throughout these novels <laughs> and it's the Whistledown. The Whistledown Yay! is written by Lady Whistledown, <laughs> this obscure figure of the ton, and she writes about all the aristocrats. Yeah, the and, gossip column. Yes, it's a gossip column. <laughs> it's it's awesome. so fun. Nobody <laughs> knows who she is, and there's mm-hmm. speculation and there's speculation between our characters and um Some more novels and everybody's just like, who could she be? She has to be one of us because she's she's privy to a lot of Mm -hmm. secrets. She's in our circle. And And it's a real fun thing to wonder about while you're reading. It definitely is. And especially now, I mean, of course you do find out who is is writing it. (laughs) over the course of the series but it's fun going back and go, going read it and being mm-hmm. like aha that was fun for clue. me this time yeah
1: this was, my, this was my first reread and it literally has had to have been eight years since I've read this yeah. book and so I was like oh my god I remember this part and I kept messaging Jess and I was like I don't know what's going on I don't remember any of this wait no yes I do yeah she was,
0: like, <laughs> I was like oh doesn't this happen later and I was like, no, like long book. yep you're right you're right
1: <laughs> but it was it's, it's fun and Lady Whistledown you know what else I thought was just so funny is when everybody else Talking about her at all the soirees and mm-hmm. stuff, and they're all like, "Oh, when she's found out, she'll be ruined." Yes. You know, and so it's yeah. just like, I can't. <laughs> it's just anyway, so
0: funny to see fun. how it'll all play out. So it's like a little bit of a mystery that just kind of like carries out yeah. over and um, ties all the novels yeah. together. And so I yeah. think that that's just a really fun element that she it has is. going on so there, cute. and it okay. just makes everything stand out. Yeah. So.
1: So tell us about the characters, Jess. Oh,
0: yeah. Let's get to our main. So as the eldest of eight Bridgerton children, Anthony feels a deep responsibility for all of his siblings since his father died a decade ago. He's a notorious rake and a frequent subject of Lady Whistledown's articles. (laughs) Anthony finally decides it's time to find a wife. He runs into trouble when his top candidate has an older sister who isn't so impressed with his reputation and wants her sister to marry a kind man, not a rake like Anthony. So Kate Sheffield knows that her sister Edwina is their best chance of catching a rich husband to support the family, but doesn't like that the notorious Anthony Bridgerton is interested. Kate and Anthony frequently clash as she tries to find a love match for her sister, but is there more behind their intense interactions than just loathing? Could it be mm-hmm. attraction? Mm. Mm. I, I don't do know. Believe. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> so Me- without further ado, I think we're going to get to the spoiler section because oh, there's, yeah. there's a couple other things that we want to talk about before we actually get into the breakdown, but discussing some spoilery subjects. Spoilery. So we're going to have, we need some more time in the spoiler section. So if you've not read this book, what are you doing? Please go pick up this series because it's oh, just yeah. such an
1: amazing series. You will not yes. be disappointed. And this one is the one that's being picked up by Netflix. Is that right? Is yes. That yes. I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Guys. You know, this, th- these books, these characters are going to be in Netflix. I'm Shonda dying think about it. Yes. Shonda
0: Rhimes picked up the Bridgerton series. That's going to be a TV show on yeah. Netflix. So I'm
1: rereading the whole series this summer. It's After reading this book, I'm like, I have to get back to them. I love yes. them so much. They're amazing. So, yeah. So, so go read. Guys. Go pick up these
0: books before Shonda makes them into TV shows. Because of course, the books are always better mm-hmm. than the movies. <laughs> All right, guys, we're entering to the spoiler section. If you've not read, don't go forward. All right guys, we are in the spoiler section. And before we get into the breakdown, we're going to do our showdown segment. <laughs> Juliet is going to kick us off with her favorite scene of this book. Okay. What was your favorite scene? So, okay. Interested. okay. Interesting.
1: Okay. When I finished reading, it was I was debating between two and then I leaned toward one, and then I read the second epilogue and then I went back to my original. Ah. So, have you read the second epilogue for this yes. book? Yes. Okay.
0: Okay, well then t- tell them a little bit about like what the second epilogues are first.
1: I know they did second epilogues for all of the, all, the whole. Right, series. you can read wrote,
0: all like right. once you read all of the um series. She actually combined all the second epilogues into one into one book. book. It's called right. the Bridgertons, okay. happily ever after. So you can yeah. read all of their second epilogues. Basically, it's like a check in with them, like a few years down the road and stuff yeah. like that. You get to
1: see where they're at. And this second epilogue is f- freaking hilarious. But it, it reminded is funny. me, and but but Anthony says something in it that is like, okay, I'm going with my original. Okay, so go with your my original. showdown. My original one is. The Paul Mall game.
0: I love that scene. <laughs> and it's actually it was it it was definitely
1: okay a top contender for it, i me know well. okay so the palm Mall game guys it's when they're playing it's like a version of cricket you know with wickets and, mm-hmm. and mallets and but stuff where they hit the ball but bridgerton. this is bridgerton sabotage version yeah okay it's all that's about not the sabotage
0: not the, uh aim of the game <laughs> nobody wants to actually nobody, win
1: they want to win but by cheating like have, they have bridgerton rules yeah, so like it's like who can
0: cheat the best who can
1: cheat the best and you know? who
0: can mess up the other person's <laughs> game the best yeah
1: so um So, in the second epilogue, Anthony says, and I thought this, I thought this when I was reading the book. He says, that was when I fell in love with her. I didn't know it at the time, but that was when he fell for her. Mm -hmm. And so, this incident where they're playing this game and he's sabotaging her ball and they're like messing around all over this field and she's laughing and cutting up, but she's giving back as much as he's giving. Right. Like, this is where we saw them as equals, like equals in and partners in every way, like they mm-hmm. just matched each other. Like she wasn't put up with any of his shit, and he wasn't—he wasn't going easy on her. And so we just saw how well matched they were, and their little walk back after. Also, she stole the um the mallet of death. Of death oh yeah, which is the black mallet, which is his mallet. Yes, you know that was the first thing that she did. He's like, oh which no, she was she's already being cheeky death.
0: before they yes. even started the game. Yes,
1: so it. I just love that scene so much because it's the first scene we see where they're seriously playful, but also just, like, battling each other out mm-hmm. in wits and everything else. It's definitely else. a
0: flirtation disguised yeah. as, like,
1: yeah. you know, hating and, yeah. on each
0: other, but they're not really. Yeah. Okay. That almost was my showdown scene, too. So I'm so <laughs> glad that I have, like, multiples in okay. my head. I
1: want to see what yours is. So
0: my showdown Because <laughs> I think I know what it is. Oh, I know interesting. what it is. <laughs> okay. So this part, this is whenever, after they're married... And Kate is actually having a conversation with Edwina and mm-hmm. Edwina had just told her, Oh, I'm in love. Oh, and yeah. he, his name's Mr. Bagwell. He's a second son. He really doesn't have any money. And, mm-hmm. um, Kate's like, Oh, we'll have him to dinner. And then. Anthony shows up during the middle of the day. First of all, that's very telling because Kate's like, oh, he's always busy. I only see him at night. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, he's showing up in the middle of the day. Yeah. And um, while after Edwina leaves, Kate's having a conversation telling uh, Anthony about Mr. Bagwell and how they need to entertain him so that they can meet him Mm -hmm. and maybe she can chaperone them on like a drive. And the whole time, Anthony is trying to discover, trying to figure out how he can remove the tea situation on the table so that he can drag Kate over to him. And so he's like, yes, yes I would like another cup of tea. Oh and she was gosh. like, okay. And he was like, like, ooh, can like, I please have some more of that tea? And yeah. she was like, I'm sure Cook can She's make like, some more. Oh no, this is fine. I'll just have you know, the last of it. So he's
1: like, I'm cold and thirsty. Yes, exactly. For <laughs> some more. Is it like, empty?
0: Can I have another biscuit? And so it's just hilarious because Kate met uh, Anthony just wants to seduce his wife in the middle of yeah. the day. Yes. And then I thought that it was so beautiful because he was just absently, he was like, Well, I guess I'll provide Edwina with a dowry because yeah. I would do mm-hmm. the same for my sisters mm-hmm. and she's now family. And it just like moves Kate that he would take yes. care of her sister. Like this is not technically his responsibility, yeah, but she
1: kinda gets teary eyed about and it. She and launches
0: herself yeah. over the table that it's he like, just oh, cleared. That's all it that's all it needs to like, do. This worked out perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just perfect. Because oh. first of all, Anthony's just being Anthony. That wasn't yes. his aim. Yeah, he and was just... And it just happened. Yeah. And I just like that little moment <clears throat> between them. Just as husband and wife. And, and it- this is before... Any feelings are really admitted. Yeah. They're just kind of still. They're just we're we're partners in life. Yes, sort of thing. exactly. But yeah. So I just I that don't know. I'm always warmed scene. by that It's such a cute
1: scene. Yeah, and I know she's like you are the nicest man <laughs> ever, he was, and he was like and the handsomest, and he's the like I wouldn't
0: say nicest, but he's I would like, say dangerous and like <laughs> handsome, dangerous, and she's like yeah. no
1: nicest no, nicest he's like mm. so I just
0: like I don't know it just yeah, it's, a, it's a quieter moment with um compared to all of their um antagonistic in- interactions you know what I'm saying yeah. so I, d- I don't know it's just it's just nice I like it It's yeah. A nice yeah
1: that one. one was great uh, so I'm what gonna... did you think was my showdown thing I actually thought the corgi scene in the park was oh, going to really? be one of your scenes really? yes I do I do like that scene. <laughs> I just know you like dogs and I just I do that <laughs> Newton was actually, hilarious
0: a backup scene was another. Another backup scene was whenever they were uh, – Anthony comes to call after they're engaged and mm-hmm. like Mary is out and Edwina's out and they're mm-hmm. just by themselves or yeah. whatever. And like he throws off Kate's hat and like tells Newton to like <laughs> eat it like good dog. Eat it, eat and it's it, just Newton. hilarious. I love how
1: Newton always obeys him. Newton's like he's the great. alpha. I know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's so I love it. I love it. All right, guys. So now that we have done our showdown scene, I just wanted to do like a little kind of pre-discussion. So we had an interesting – Difference of opinions, oh, yeah, that's true. When viewing the heroine, which goes <laughs> to show you that reading is subjective, and mm-hmm. readers, their own life experiences really color the way that they interpret characters and scenes. Mm-hmm. And so, I thought it was so interesting because whenever was. we were having conversations, um, I had finished the book before, and I've read this book a lot, a lot more than um, Juliet has. But um so it's almost like you're reading it for the first time it was. again.
1: It really was. It's been so long, I did not remember any of the details. I really just didn't I, it was almost like, oh, I think I dreamed about that. <laughs> you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Like, it was so fuzzy in my memory. And I'm sure
0: that a couple other scenes from other Bridgerton books were kind of like, I think that's what sure. it was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: this I was like, I think this happens. I'm like, no, that didn't happen. That must be another Bridgerton book, which is why I'm rereading the series. But yeah, it definitely, I my heart was just like literally like, pouring out for Kate. And I felt like so bad, you know, but just like you were almost upset. I about,
0: was. I was upset. Yeah, that's what I am <gasps> saying. And so, I- I was upset. Whenever we were discussing the book, and um, we usually do this, and we're always like fussing at ourselves, like, "No, save it for the podcast." I know. But we usually talk about it while we're reading it anyway. And I was like, "Oh my God!" I'm like, "Should I have picked another one in the series?" Are you? Yeah, okay? Justin was freaking out, She's like, like, "Oh my it God! As much I should have, I should have
1: picked the other one." Is she? Are you mad? Like, or, I'm like, "No." I'm like, "I love it," but I'm so hung up right now on Kate's feelings and the mm-hmm. fact that she feels second best, and it hurts me so bad. I want. I'm just like, I'm dying. I'm dying inside for her. And why won't Anthony tell her how beautiful she is? And why won't I, blah, 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 I was like basically she was going into meltdown. Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) She did have like an emo meltdown about Kate. And I (gasps) thought it was so funny because we're just talking. I was like, man, I just, I didn't, it's not like I read the scene differently. It's that I wasn't, I don't know I guess I was a little bit more optimistic for Kate like I knew I could push past it for me and I
1: didn't I wasn't as like but I can tell you I was also projecting a little bit. right
0: like you're because I was
1: empathizing than sympathizing yes I mean I was feeling old feelings you know that I've had like Kate and it just it almost it really like I almost started crying you know it's just like somebody please help Kate you know (laughs) Oh my God, she hates herself. <laughs> you know, I'm like Which I had. I was like, no.
0: I'm like, I don't think so she does. Jess was
1: worried. I'm like, well, but she does. She just said,
0: I'm not beautiful.
1: <laughs> I'm like I'm like reading the quotes to back to her on you know messaging. I know I was a little hysterical. I it was funny. It. it was
0: funny. She did have but, me worried for a little bit, yeah. but then of course. Oh, Julie but I Quinn. loved it. But Anthony
1: pulled it all out in the end. Yeah, so.
0: exactly, yeah. exactly. So let's start with the breakdown, and we'll get more into details on those specific scenes later. So in the beginning, we're introduced to the Bridgerton clan. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them before <laughs> we get into it, because the Bridgerton clan, and this is the second book in the series, mm-hmm. they are wealthy. They're identifiable by their brunette hair. Like all of the kids have the same colored brunette hair. but Everybody can recognize a Bridgerton. And they also have, they're named in alphabetical order. Like an order of birth, yes, it follows the alphabet. I had, I had totally forgotten that too until you told me. Right. So we have Anthony, the oldest, which this is his book, Benedict, Colin, mm-hmm. Daphne,
1: Eloise, Eloise,
0: Francesca, Gregory, and Hyacinth. Hyacinth. Mm-hmm. So lots of kids. They started when they were young and they were very, very, very much in mm-hmm. love. Like this is an unconventional family. Mm-hmm. And... In the beginning of the book, they were talking about the dad, Edmund, who has since passed away, Mm -hmm. and how he was very close with his kids, like he would take them out on hikes. He was a very involved father. So for Anthony, who's the oldest – his death really affected him like in the worst way Yes, because he even says he's like I like to think that I had a special relationship with my father not because he liked me best but that I've known him the longest Yeah, that was, was
1: really like, interesting so I know he's like, like no matter how true. how old you know the I've always are. known him the mm-hmm. longest
0: exactly yeah. so Edmund Bridgerton the dad he died whenever Anthony was 18 and in the most kind of shocking way because he yes. was stung by a bee and he had been stung before and I'd like it in the um in the author's note in the back, um Julia Quinn did talks she talk about, about the allergy? She talks about how usually, especially like bee stings the allergy for bees really doesn't present itself until the second sting anyway. So, I mean, it's fairly common that. Yeah, exactly. And also I find it fascinating, um, adult allergies that present itself, like no childhood allergies. And then all of a sudden you're allergic. I had a friend who like all of a sudden she's allergic to shrimp now and she's never been before. It's the craziest thing. Wow. Yeah. It's nuts. But anyway, so, um, yeah, this is, this is the interesting effect that Edmund's death had on Anthony. This is from Anthony's point of view and he says, Edmund Bridgerton had died at age at the age of 38. And Anthony simply couldn't imagine ever surpassing his father in any way. Even in years.
1: That sums up his internal conflict. Right, exactly. (laughs) This is
0: Anthony's main point of internal conflict. He really, and he knows it's irrational. Like He's Mm -hmm. like, I can't even explain it to people because I know it sounds crazy, but I know that there's no possible way that I can live past my 38th birthday because he's so enamored of his father. His father was just the man he always wanted to be, and he was like, there's no way that I could live up to that, and I just feel like I just can't live past
1: that age. He's never even told his siblings who he Mm -hmm. loves, nearly his mother no one this this I don't even say a fear but a belief. Yeah. He's lived by, but he he thoroughly believes that he's not going to live past the age of 38. Right, exactly. You know? So
0: he's kind of been like living life to the fullest, pretty much like YOLO. And he's just like, <laughs> you know, been with all kind of women and oh, just yeah. like gambling. He really doesn't have fear of dying because mm-hmm. he knows that it's, it's going yeah. soon, to happen soon-ish to him. So anyway, he's led an interesting life so far. And then we move on to Kate and Edwina, who are the Sheffield sisters. And what's interesting about them is is they are half sisters and Kate is Kate's father has died, and all she has left is her stepmother mm-hmm. and her half sister Edwina. And I really like the relationship that Julia Quinn creates between these three because it's not the typical oh evil stepmom and vain half sister and right. they don't care about the first daughter. They have an amazing relationship. It's quite the all opposite. Of them. Yes, you know? it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love Mary the stepmother. She's amazing. I do. Too. She's awesome. She's like the best mother figure, and she even says at one point she's like you know you have to work twice as hard. For a child that's not yours that you haven't given birth to, because you want to do right by them, and I was like, "Oh, that's a great way to look to think about stuff," you know, Mm -hmm. Mary. I like that. Yeah. So Kate Kate and Edwina, their family, they don't have a lot of money anymore, so they're really. Banking on the girls making advantageous marriages right. to kind of save, yeah, they needed this one of them too, exactly. So their hopes are pretty much on Edwina because mm-hmm. Edwina is gorgeous and mm-hmm. like her her coloring and just like it's very Fair, in vogue right now,
1: blue blue mm-hmm. eyes, exactly, just striking.
0: So she's Edwina is considered the incomparable of the season, mm-hmm. and Kate, the older sister, Kate's like twenty one. And Edwina's seventeen, and Kate's considered the incomparable's
1: sister. Not yeah. that she's
0: ugly, but just whenever you put them side by side, it's like your eye is drawn to Edwina.
1: Yeah, and this is also Kate's first season because they couldn't afford it before. Exactly. here. this is their they're, so they're both coming out at the same time. Right, you know, they had for to their plan. They had to
0: plan their season very carefully because so that Kate's all they can not afford. too old mm-hmm. and Edwina's not too, too young. young. So they have twenty-one and seventeen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, then they're reading in the Whistledown and who happens to be in the Whistledown on this article? It is the Viscount, (laughs) Bridgerton, talking about how he's so much of a rake and they don't see him settling down anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So Edwina, Edwina's like, oh, kind of like fangirling over him. Yeah. And Kate's like, oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) You will find you not a suitable husband, but not, not, not Viscount Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. Then we switch to Anthony's point of view. And it just so happens that right as Kate makes that declaration, Anthony's having lunch with his brothers. Mm-hmm. And he decides, yeah, I'm going to get married this year. This is um, <laughs> it's time that I fathered an heir. Mm-hmm. So all he's looking for is a woman who is reasonably attractive. He doesn't want an idiot for a wife. And he also wants a woman, this is the most important part, that he could never possibly
1: fall in love with. Right. Because he does
0: not want to leave. He saw how it affected his mother. His mother, right. And he does not want to leave behind a widow. That would be affected like Violet was. Because he knows
1: he's going to leave behind a widow. Right. And he he doesn't want to feel
0: feel bad about Mm -hmm. dying either. And I think
1: he's also afraid of himself. Mm Mm-hmm. of feeling those strong feelings and then knowing it's going to all end right exactly you know
0: so i love this conversation between his brothers because this is how it goes (laughs) who's considered the diamond of the season and colin i believe or benedict says oh it's edwina oh does she have a brain i believe she does good then i'll marry her that was it (laughs) that was all that was all he needed to know
1: yeah like he never even
0: set eyes on her and he was just like yep She'll okay, do. That's the one. She'll do. Yeah. I don't even care. Let's get married. Yeah. So this is how Anthony comes to his decision to marry Edwina.
1: Yeah. So then we go to our first ball where they're all together. And Anthony dances with Edwina, okay? While Kate is talking to Colin. Like Colin Bridgerton, Mm -hmm. the third brother, I believe, comes up and talks to her and they have a nice little conversation. And you can tell that Colin notices she's pretty smart right off the bat. Because she's she's, sarcastic. She's She's so sarcastic and daring. He's like, ooh, wait. Interesting. (laughs) You're worthy of the Bridgerton clan. Exactly. You're worthy to speak to. You know, and so then, um, and she gives him an earful about her brother and what she thinks about this little dance that's going on. But Like that's not Mm going to go anywhere. Exactly. And so uh, it's so when Colin walks off, he tells her. Um, I mean, sorry. When Colin Colin leaves her, he tells his brother, "Oh, she's been talking about you. That Kate she she Sheffield that say sister, enough about couldn't you. Couldn't say enough about you. Couldn't stop talking about you." He's like, "Oh, great. You know, this will like, be so it's easy." It's important. It's important.
0: Go talk to her <laughs> because I've heard it said that Edwina mm-hmm. said she would never marry a person right. that her sister has not approved of. Right. And so you're going to have to go talk to the spinster. I'm sure you'll have her eating out of your hands in no time. It's
1: awesome cuz these are just the brothers like Mm-mm. totally do- dogging each Classic. other. It's Classic. Classic so Bridgerton sibling it's just awesome. teasing. So, as soon as Anthony meets her, he realizes that Colin was full of shit basically. Oh yeah. And that this woman does not like him Mm-mm. whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. So she ends up uh, dancing with him. He insists. <laughs> he insists. And she kind of feels like almost like trapped, like, all right, whatever. They can't make a yeah. scene in those types of situations. Right. So she didn't want to be too rude or whatever. So they're having this whole conversation. And Anthony makes a big, big mistake. Because he says, oh, Miss Sheffield, you're as lovely as your sister.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Anyone with eyeballs can see that she's not as lovely as her sister. Right, right. So she immediately is like, "Oh no, dude!" I like
0: she says, "And you're almost as handsome as your brother," which yeah. I thought was the greatest. <laughs> that comeback. was the
1: greatest. Co- I, I thought, thought it was, was the greatest. Awesome. And so she now knows you're a fraud. You're just mm-hmm. lying. And then you're he literally her up. Yeah, and in his head, he's immediately like backpedaling, like, "Oh shit! Why did I say that? Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, I'm, I'm so smarter stupid. than that." <laughs> yeah. But it was very interesting because we see these two big personalities clashing for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, They
0: both give as good as they get. mm -hmm. You know, definitely nobody's backing down in this situation.
1: Right. And we see Anthony is definitely – he even says that he's the type of man who's attracted to a challenge. Because she's Mm -hmm. laying the gauntlet down like, you will never be with my sister, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And he's he's like, like, oh, mm -hmm." oh, really? But when I read that, I immediately thought – she's the challenge, not Edwina. Right, (laughs) exactly. So Anthony breaks his etiquette, his gentlemanly etiquette, I guess, when Kate just sort of rubs him wrong. And he says that there was something about her that made him positively want to itch to battle with her. Like he just was- I thought that that was such an interesting phrase. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? It's just like- It's just like they're just rubbing each other wrong. He can't shut up and she can't either. And they're just going going after each other with all these little barbs and stuff. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. So the next day- Anthony pays a call with three bouquets of flowers, not just but I for- let this
0: call back. This is a yes. call back to the Duke and I. This is what Simon did for his sister, Daphne. Yes, I thought it was. and cute. he even
1: admits he admits, oh, well, I took.
0: <laughs> yeah, I stole this idea. I stole from my this brother idea in-law. from my
1: brother-in-law, and then Kate's like, "Well, did it work?" It's like, "Well, yes, yeah, she married him." Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. so it did. But it's so nice because so, yeah. Kate's never gotten flowers. Edwina has flowers
0: like constantly. pouring out, constantly. It's all over their their townhouse.
1: As a matter of fact, she's like talking to the lilies or something mm-hmm. when he walks in. He's like, "Do you always talk to flowers?" And she's like, mm-hmm. totally embarrassed. Caught I'm off guard. Like, garlic. who what?
0: Let you in? Where do
1: you let you in? How did this happen? <laughs> um, and so in amidst their little conversation, and they're having again once again kind of going at each a other a barbed
0: conversation yes. they can't help themselves they it just, always ends
1: up like this it and it's so, so fun fun. So, it's fun, so fun um we hear barking in the hallway and in comes newton her little corgi you know with um mary her mom stepmom um and Mary's like, Newton needs to go for a walk, you know, have to get him out of the house, whatever here, Mr. Bridgerton or not Mr. Bridgerton, Lord, Lord, Lord Bridgerton, take the, uh, take the, go for a walk with, uh, Newton. and I kind of like it
0: because it's like, you don't know if Mary is kind of setting them up because it wasn't necessary that yeah. Lord Bridgerton go yeah. with her for the dog walk.
1: Well, and Bridgerton even said, cause he said, go, go walk. Maybe you'll run into your sister. She's out in you know, a critical with what's his name, Burbrook. And, um, even Anthony says says aloud to Kate, is she matchmaking for you yeah. or for her? And then she, Kate's Kate, like, what? Kate's like, not me. No. Not me. Please. As if. Yeah. You know. So then they do go on their walk. This is one of the funniest scenes. And I thought you would love this scene, because I know how much you love I little do dogs. I do love
0: this scene though. <laughs> it's so cute. So
1: they're on their way on their little walk. Newton gets loose, guys, and this little little wild tiger. Corgi takes off. I love how he describes him. He's, like, so fat, but he's so fast. <laughs> he just, like, <laughs> takes off across, like, Rotten Row, where all yeah. the people are usually... Um, Traveling in their, their carriages. In Riding and on all horses. Stuff. Right. And who do we see next to the serpentine? Is Edwina standing there with Lord Burbrook, or whatever his name is, and... <laughs> Newton is barreling towards her launches into her and knocks her into the water okay yeah. so this causes like a major scene um and, and anthony's like has some irrational rage going on he does because he's so he, like, furious he like
0: blames it somehow on kate yeah And like, like she, and she goes like, and
1: how did i orchestrate this yeah to get my exactly. dog to escape me and mm-hmm. like it's hilarious because it she is and she's even like ducking behind edwina like ooh, he's really mad
0: yeah exactly <laughs> and so cute. Uh, i love i love the exchange between them it's like something like he tells her sarcasm doesn't become you miss sheffield and mm-hmm. she's like nothing becomes you lord bridgerton oh, and I'm just like, it's so great. And that's whenever she tells Newton to shake on him and so yes. gets him all wet. It's just so fun because Kate yes. will not sit down and take it. She will not shit. take it. She will no, not take
1: it. I love it. And it's awesome. Anthony secretly loves it. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't think he even knows it. it. It's just like he can't stop thinking about her. Well mm-hmm. then she, you know, she enters his dreams later. But anyway, so from there, um, Edwina gets a cold, and so she has to stay home and from all their little parties and whatnot, and they're invited to the Bridgerton Musicale, okay? And so Kate... There's a little nod go. to the uh, to Smith-Smith musicals, which I love those. Those are fun. Y'all, so funny. I love it when those pop up in the other ones. Me too. Um, so you know kate really doesn't want to go especially not with edwina she'd rather just sit home and read but yeah Mara's she's like What's we the have point? to go you need a husband too let's go yeah you know, we have to get out and and see the people whatever so they do and they go well of course <laughs> uh the opera singer who is stunningly beautiful the yeah, italian italian opera exotic singer. opera singer yeah kate notices she's making heavy heavy like fuck me eyes at anthony and of anthony she even like in kisses
0: way. her neck in front of and she's what? like your mother's
1: like right there I was freaking out of that. Uh, I was like, Anthony, what the hell, dude? But you can could, you could tell whenever she's
0: having a conversation with Violet. Violet even looks at Anthony and like, son, there's a time. Yeah, place, Violet like,
1: was not, a little. But and, and right before this, though, we learn that Anthony has been having erotic dreams of yes. Kate, and he's like, mm-hmm. I've got to get her out of my head. Yes. So it's like so he's kind know. of like belligerent, and he's sort of a little bit angry, you mm-hmm. know, about the fact that he can't get her out of his head. So and she's like, here. Yes. And, and this, she was a former lover, uh, the Italian, sorry, the Italian opera singer is a former lover. And Kate is there. He's like, so I'm just going to put all my attention on her. Okay. Exactly. So we so, know his motivations, but yeah. Kate's
0: just put out and she just wants to find a quiet place away from all of yeah, this. She yes. doesn't want to
1: watch this. I know. She's like, no, this is enough. So she kind of goes out into the hallway and is just resting. And then, of course, she hears laughter, musical laughter, and his voice coming out into the hallway. So she runs and hides in a study. Well, of course, what does she hear? But a click of the doorknob, and in They're they come. Coming in. Okay, y'all. <laughs> she hides under <laughs> the Desk. When she describes herself squatting like a frog Frog, under the desk, I was rolling laughing. I just have the best
0: mental images during this read because she paints such a vivid picture (laughs) that I just
1: can't. (laughs) It was so good. And so, okay, so just hold time. She overhears. Now, she overhears something really important. He says, because she's like, "Well, I hear you're on the marriage mart. You're about to, you know, be wed or whatever." And he's like, "Well, you know, I'm not going to love my wife. I can still have a mistress, you know." Exactly. Um, I don't plan
0: on marrying I don't plan anybody on marrying that for I love.
1: love. So that's and not going to so be a point. And so for
0: Kate, she's overhearing this and yes. like, and "You want to marry my sister? And you want to marry
1: my sister? Hell Are you kidding no. me?" And no. I really like that that she overheard that. And she's mm-hmm. like, "Dude." Not even <laughs> getting close to no, Edwina, no, because she really loves her sister, of course. But then, of course, <clears throat> Anthony has to spot so, her. It's of great. course, he goes to get a drink right behind the desk, turns around, sees her, and it's basically dismisses the opera singer. Mm-hmm. After they have almost like a battle underneath the desk, where she's. But I love
0: <laughs> how he like before he sees Kate, he's mm-hmm. like, and I can't get her out of my mind, and I smell yes, her perfume, I and why am, her perf- why am I smelling her now? Smelling lilies
1: and soap is yeah. what he says, and he's, and he's like, smelling. and if I'm
0: this way like he was he gonna take a big step her. forward and he wouldn't have seen kate but he mm-hmm. lingered because her smell was right there yes he i could love smell it. her it and
1: then that's so when great. he he said the smell's coming from and he looks down at the desk and there she is squatting yeah. like a toad it's underneath great. The desk. it's perfect it's so it's so funny but then it gets really charged really fast oh, he yeah. just misses the opera singer she leaves and he basically he she won't come out and he hauls her up physically out And this leads to their first kiss. Okay. And I want to read like a little quote. This is from his point of view and what he's thinking, because he was kind of like getting up in her face, trying to intimidate her. Like, what do you think you're doing? Sneaking in here, blah, 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 blah. So he says, or thinks, I'm sorry. Intimidation had been his intention, and so he'd move closer and closer until she, an innocent, could only be cowed by his presence. And the finger he'd been trailing along her cheek just to torture her, he told himself, suddenly became a hand that cupped the back of her head as his lips took hers in an explosion of anger and desire.
0: I love how his intimidation oh. turned into a seduction. I think yes. that, that was such a wonderful wonderful just like it just encompasses their relationship mm-hmm. and how it is it's very fiery it's yes. very back and forth and it's almost just like combustible and i think the anger is angered
1: himself too oh, absolutely that he's it's totally he can't control his desire for her it's, it's totally totally driving him mad at himself.
0: you know and and he's also mad at himself for acting on it which causes mm-hmm. him to be such that's a when dick he, after that's when he becomes yes a total dick right after um And he pretty much just tells her, like, even though he just kissed her, that he still plans on marrying his yes. sister, which
1: is a horrible thing to do. Y'all, at this point, I was like, somebody Kate's give me an like, envelope opener so I can stab him yeah. because I was so angry. This is where my heart is like, Kate, no, you know, because she she already feels second best. And then he's like, well, I'm still going to marry her. Yeah. And she's like, after that kiss? No, you're not. And he's like, watch me. you know. Well, and it's not like
0: Kate was like, oh, yeah, you're going to marry me now. But just like, yes. how could you even think about marrying exactly. my sister knowing that you've already kissed me and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. But I like, though, and Juliet cannot see past her rage, but I like <laughs> that Anthony is really doing this. He knows what he's saying is going to go down the wrong way with Kate. And that's yeah. his purpose. because I he think it's, says, he is self-destructing. Yeah, he does yeah. not want her to think good well of him, of him because yes. he's like, I'm, I can't marry her because yes. there's this
1: spark between
0: us. And, and I can't let that
1: grow into anything else. Right.
0: Exactly. He says yeah. that there's absolutely no spark between him and Edwina, but with Kate, it's there. And he's like, I have to push that really far away. Yeah. And so that's really, that's really why he acts like that. I'm not saying it justifies it, but this is his motivation, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, hmm. He's going to get some sense knocked into him eventually.
1: <laughs> but yeah. yeah,
0: in that moment, you can't help but your heart
1: break for Kate yeah. because it's just she but doesn't I, understand. But I knew. I was like, he's going to have to apologize for that. And I knew he would. And, you know, he does. But yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, so So bad. the
0: apology happens at a country house party at Aubrey Hall. And I love I love the country house parties, mm-hmm. too. But um, so Aubrey Hall is the estate of the Bridgertons. And Anthony even is thinking. He's like, man, I acted like a real big ass. I have got to apologize to Kate. Mm-hmm. Like this, that was going too far to in, you know, in the heat of the moment. Well, whenever all the guests get there, Violet is, you know, typical matchmaking mama. Mm-hmm. And I find this interesting as well, because not only earlier in the scene, it's like, who is Mary trying to set up? Anthony with Kate or Edwina Yeah. so is Violet Violet sees (laughs) so Edwina and Mary go in the house and Kate's like would you mind if I can go walk in your garden she's like go have at it Yeah. then Anthony comes and he's like hey what's up and then whenever he's talking to his mom he's like I think I'll go for a walk and his mom's like yeah well
1: why don't you go in the garden why don't you go in the flower garden so I like how Violet's definitely Mm -hmm.
0: pushing and she says she thinks in her point of view says her eldest son interest interest in the Sheffield was most intriguing now if she could only figure out which sheffield he was interested in so then this yeah. leads to the Maw game yes and the mallet of death yes. which is one of our favorite scenes in Juliet's showdown scene <laughs> so i really funny. like it we see daphne enter the picture yeah, pretty so much playful. all the bridgertons and daphne's kind of explaining the rules to kate and just like the Bridgertons mm-hmm. are bloodthirsty a lot and the actual aim of the game is truly less a game about yeah. winning more than making the other player lose. Okay, on the Netflix series, this has to be included. I hope that this <laughs> is like the longest, the best seat. scene ever. <laughs> yeah. But I really like it and mm-hmm. um, they let Kate have first pick because Anthony went up to the house to go get Edwina and like Kate's all worried, like, don't take too long. Wants to make yeah. sure that he's not like trying to compromise Edwina right. while she's not there to run interference. Mm-hmm. And she picks the black mallet and they're like, ooh, I knew I liked her that's the mallet of death that's Anthony's mallet let's give him the pink mallet and so it's all to exacerbate Anthony it's just the funniest. it's the funnest scene Daphne makes comments about Mm -hmm. you're going to fit in with the Bridgertons well Mm -hmm. we don't just invite anybody to play this game with us during the game Anthony is honestly really flirting with Kate Mm -hmm. and um he even says like at the end of the game he should have been watching Edwina, but he really was watching Kate yes. the whole time. And it's so telling. So telling. And whenever he does mess up Kate's game on purpose, I love this little <laughs> interplay. Um, Kate's like watching him because he's like aiming at her ball. And she's like, what are you going to do to me? And he goes, what am I not going to do to you? Might be a more appropriate question. And
1: it's just <laughs> so charged. Like she doesn't get it. This it's is a little innuendo exactly. there.
0: <laughs> so after the game where Kate wins quote unquote because she pretty much like knocked Anthony out the game like she didn't actually win the game but she did knock him into the lake which was she's like (laughs) it felt like I won
1: it felt like victory because Daphne's like we can't play after
0: that that's like like, the winning the winning stroke so she wins so Anthony he's just having so much fun and he all of a sudden realizes that her good opinion of him meant a great deal and he really wants to know like Mm -hmm. does she still hate me and so he asked her that and like he gets all up close to her you know another little like Mm -hmm. proximity intimidation kind of thing and kate's kind of breathy and he was like that's what i thought and so
1: it's like (laughs) she doesn't even answer the question
0: exactly so we know this is anthony anthony's not there yet yeah but he's his his subconscious
1: is there like he's And he's and he's opening up a little bit, you know, sharing his family with her. He did apologize. He's not acting quite the cad as he no, described no, himself. No, they still
0: have they still you have know? their playful banter. Yeah, they have a
1: playful banter, but it's not insulting or anything like that. Right. It's right. Uh,
0: it's almost like they they're just in competition with each other, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's but it's a fun competition or it's just very enjoyable.
1: Yes. Okay, so then we have that night before dinner. Okay, and we're all you know are they all gathering downstairs or whatever? Mm-hmm. And Kate is hanging out with uh Penelope Featherington. Is it Featherington or Featherston? I always Featherington. The, Featherington, okay. Um, who's so funny, and they are accosted by Cressida. She's basically bullying her and then insulting her, and then got another like fop to come over. But and Anthony swoops thing. in. But Anthony swoops in and basically cuts. Cressida in front of everyone and then escorts Penelope into dinner. And I remember Kate said, in that moment, he was my hero. Yes. And I loved that almost so, was one of my showdown scenes. Her opinion, her it. opinions really changed. Yes. And she admits it, you know. So that night, we have a thunderstorm and Kate had been wandering around looking for a book to read in the library. Like she's just she's kind of, rustless, she, she's restless. She can't sleep. And we've discovered that she has a serious fear, not just like, oh, a thunderstorm, it's scaring me, like petrifying in the fetal position, you know, under a table, kind right. of Right. And here. it's been
0: happening since she was little. Since she was a little girl. And she kind of hid the fact from yes. Marion and me that it's been. still happening. Yes.
1: She's been, ha- and because she, she said it makes her feel weak mm-hmm. and she doesn't want anybody else to worry about her. I feel like that's her. a very
0: Kate thing. She doesn't yes. want anybody to worry yes. about her. She wants to worry about other yes. people. She wants
1: to mother everybody else, but everybody mm-hmm. just let her be. But right. Anthony finds her and he comforts her. And it is a lovely scene. There's so many good scenes. Right. And I like the
0: situation too because to distract her, she's like, well, tell me about you, tell me about your family, tell me me about your father. And so that's a very, very important Mm -hmm. relationship to Anthony and the fact that he's opening up to – the fact that he's opening up to Kate and um, they're having this conversation, it's like – it's just – the relationship is blossoming, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful.
1: So that was just a great bonding scene where, like you said, like he's opening up to her. Mm-hmm. It just was awesome. So the next day, Kate goes back to the gardens, and Anthony sees her in, the, like, from his window or whatever. So he comes out, to, and they have sort of a flirty moment, but she's made the decision that she's going to withdraw her, basically barring him from Edwina. Mm-hmm. And so she tells him this, and you can see he's sort of disappointed. He was thinking she might be saying something else, you know, and and I like that he was, like, stunned. He's stunned. He's like, that She was
0: like, yeah, I guess you can marry Edwina now. Because he was like, that's not how I thought this conversation yeah, was going to go.
1: Yeah. Not at all. So he's not – he's disappointed, you know. But right at that moment, a bee starts buzzing Right. Around.
0: Right as he said, Kate, I – and then the sentence is never finished. First of all, before yes. he gets to the bee scene, what do you think he was going to say? Like, do you think he would have, like, said something? Like, I don't want to marry Edwina. I think that he would have said something. I think he was. Because the
1: whole weekend, he's been thinking about kissing her. Mm-hmm. He's been trying to find ways to, And the point, know? the point why he even sought her out in the mm-hmm. morning, he didn't have to. He didn't have to. He just saw her. She's like, oh, she's alone. Yeah. Let me go down there and see her. Exactly. You know, right now. He
0: really wants to be near her. With her. And I think that he, even, like, during the course of their conversation, um, whenever they're kind of bonding over, like, being the oldest and caring about their Mm -hmm. siblings and like Mm -hmm. wanting what's best for them. And she's like, well, you're the oldest, you know. And he was like, yes, yeah, exactly. And so it's like, he knows that they're clicking. And I feel like that moment that happened like right there in the garden. Yeah. He's just... I think he's resigned. He's resigned that he can never marry Edwina mm-hmm. while Kate's
1: there. Like it would have been awesome if he had said it before the bee came. Me too, but the bee changes the bee comes. everything. The bee comes. So let's go get into the bee scene. <laughs> he's fucking bees, man. <laughs> It's it
0: honestly, it makes one of the funniest scenes it though. It does. funny, is fun- but also sad. funny
1: and sad at the same time. It's, it's, it's so crazy. weird. Okay, this was a bizarre scene. Okay, so basically what happens is the bee starts buzzing around. Anthony's like, be still, be still. He gets like petrified no, and he's she's freaked like, out. he's freaking out because he's thinking a bee killed my father. A bee could kill her right now. And he's just, Freaking out.
0: I think that it's an important distinction to make too because he said that he almost had like a fatalistic relationship mm-hmm. with bees where he would go around them and just like and just see if sw- they would sting yeah, him. see if they would And he's swing, never been yeah. afraid of them before. They always hang around Aubrey Hall. But I think the distinction is a bee's near it's Kate. near Kate. And this is exactly. different. He That's exactly. What I yes. He already has feelings this for her. He already has feelings for her. And it was just.
1: Yeah. This was proof to me that he cares for her deeply because he's thinking about, I. I can't imagine not being without her, mm-hmm. you know, if something would happen to her. It's like
0: the last person that he loved this fiercely was his father. Not that he doesn't la- mm-hmm. love his mother or his siblings, but this is like a new love and it's just fresh, mm-hmm. you know, that conversation here is comes fresh the and again. then here's a freaking bee who stings Kate right on the collarbone.
1: and I know, right on the collarbone, like right underneath her collarbone. Okay, y'all, so he is insisting, <laughs> he grabs her, pulls the stinger out and when he goes, he's like, it's not enough. I have to get the venom out. So he leans down to suck the venom out of her collarbone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you and can she's imagine. Freaking out because she's like, like what she's the like fuck Anthony, it's a B stop it. What are you doing? Like, dude. And of, course, and of course, up steps, Mary, um, Anthony's mother and Mrs. Featherington, the biggest gossip, gossip ever in London. Oh, okay, she's horrible. And like they're frozen, and of course, <laughs> she's looking over his head while he's leaning over, sucking on her collarbone, which looks like he's sucking on her tit. <laughs> you know, she's just like, they're like <laughs> Featherington said, he was sucking, kissing your boobies. And, and like, she won't shut was up about the damn boobies. Her her I'm boobies. like, shut up. <laughs> Violet's like, Ms. Featherington, that's inappropriate <laughs> but language. Anthony's just like, oh, Anthony's just like,
0: that's fine. We're going to get married. Right. And Kate's like, no, it can't – we yeah. can't possibly getting married. But I also like <clears throat> in his internal thoughts, he's really thinking about like while he's standing there listening to Kate being like, this mm-hmm. can't be happening, he's like satisfied. Like he feels mm-hmm. like almost feels a piece of wash yeah. over him because he really, really wants her. He wants her. And he her. never would have had her. But all but of a sudden, But now, all this of a sudden, he has a reason.
1: And he mm-hmm. can't – y'all, he can't not. He, she would be ruined. Yeah, by okay. honor. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just no way. So – and she – so she can't refuse him. Even at the same time, she's thinking, I didn't want it to be this way. I didn't want to force him into marriage. You right.
0: Nobody will believe that They're, you really yeah. wanted to marry me. They're going to think I trapped you exactly. into it. Exactly. Exactly. Which, you know – nobody wants, nobody wants that said about them. So Edwina is not surprised at all that they're getting married. And I really like that. She was like, I could see that. I knew that there was something going Mm -hmm. on. He's just always looking at you. And I just Mm -hmm. love that. Yeah. Violet and Mary, they're delighted. They're planning the wedding. Everyone's speculating about how she trapped him. They're all like hanging around their (laughs) townhouse, but (laughs) Anthony pays a call to Kate and seduces her in the drawing room. I really like that scene because he just like, can't get enough of Kate. Mm -hmm. And, um, Um, But he also does lay out some important distinctions for Kate about expectations in the marriage and saying how friendship and respect are really important in a marriage and that's all she should really expect that there's not going to be any love in this marriage, that she should not expect that. And he wants to be very clear because he thinks that she's a practical woman Mm -hmm. and would want to know. And she's kind of like, yes, but also like, thank you for telling me you could never love me, you know, like in her mind. And she's put mm-hmm. out, but she she's kind of distracted because yeah.
1: Anthony's kind of <laughs>
0: giving her a good time. Yeah. So after their marriage, also thought this was hilarious. Whenever they're in the carriage after they get married,
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the way to Anthony's bachelor lodgings, because he's like, I think we need some privacy. I mean, right. he has seven, no, six siblings living in that, in, in, in Bridgerton, Bridgerton house. house. Yeah. So he's like, well, we're going to go here for a little privacy. Kate's so nervous about it. And she's like, well, maybe we can just, Hold off, and Anthony's like,
1: No, can let me just have like a week reprieve so I can prepare,
0: yeah. And he's like, Yeah, tell me how exactly are you going to
1: prepare? (laughs) You're a virgin, how are you gonna prepare exactly? And
0: so, this is him having a little fun with her, being like, Mm Yeah, yeah, how are you gonna prepare? Yeah, please give me the details on this. (laughs) Can I watch you prepare? (laughs) What are we doing? She doesn't know, and she's like, Please, you know, I don't know, but anyway, Kate's internal conflict is that. For her, she's always thinking about the fact that Anthony always pursued Edwina and now he's stuck with her. Right. So. She says and she thinks she was acting foolishly, a prisoner of her own insecurities, insecurities she hadn't even known that she possessed until she'd met Anthony. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is an important distinction because if she was with any other guy, I don't think it would bother her. But it's because her and Anthony have already developed feelings for each other, feelings that they're not admitting. This is really why the insecurities are coming up, Mm -hmm. bubbling up. I don't think they would have bubbled up with anybody else but Anthony. I agree. And um so while they're in the midst of making love, Anthony says, you're beautiful, so unbelievably beautiful. And this really upsets Kate because she just, like, she heard from Mary mm-hmm. that any man could get pleasure. Does not have to be with somebody that he cares for. Right. For women, it's harder. They normally have to care about somebody to get pleasure out of, you know, having sex. Right. <clears throat> and so she asked Anthony, she's like, who do you think of when you make love to me? She's upset and she yes. was like, I'm not beautiful. And it, that this is really upset you. This is <laughs> this the part was, where she was she is having off, her breakdown.
1: I was having it and
0: down. so I do like. <laughs> Um, Anthony definitely reassures her. He does. And like you said, you don't know if she believes it. And I think by the end, at least she knows that. I think that.
1: she does by the end for sure. Yeah.
0: And he says, listen well, I desire you. I burn for you. I can't sleep at night for wanting you. Even when I didn't like you, I lusted for you. It's the most maddening, beguiling, damnable thing. There it is. You're the most beautiful woman in England. And if everyone else doesn't see that, then they're all bloody fools. Because he's made the observation <laughs> yeah. earlier that and it's we've been only, seeing it
1: internally in his head for a while right and but just, he's never spoken it you and know. saying
0: how gorgeous kate is and mm-hmm. only compared to edwina would somebody be drawn to edwina so i really like that that distinction he really he's like no mm-hmm. you are absolutely gorgeous yeah and he really needed to say that out loud
1: too. he did i needed to hear it out loud i know <laughs> I was very happy he said it. Even though I was scared she didn't believe him. Yes. Okay. So, but then I was really happy because right after this, we see a very contented a period. Cont- yes, yes. Exactly. A period.
0: Like they've been married for
1: weeks now. Right. And she, I even liked how Kate thought marriage. She decided agreed with her mm-hmm. because she's just enjoying life. She's enjoying being and a she married makes woman. An she's an excellent
0: uh, viscountess. Yeah. She's just like she's, she's born she's, to the role.
1: Right. She's doing all of those things. She has her time with him. Uh, all her nights with him. Oh yeah. All night long, she says. She said they barely
0: sleep and there's no separate bedrooms for them. No, not -hmm. at all. And
1: when her sister, Edwina, comes to visit her, I love how Edwina said, "Um, You know,. she comments on how um he looks at her mm-hmm. at the balls and she's like what do you mean how he looks at me she goes the other night at so-and-so's ball he looked absolutely smoldering Yeah, like, like didn't he just, like
0: push other people about, yeah he pushed on man way.
1: mr Havensham or something out of the way so he could hurry and get to her yeah. you know and just like all he does is linger and smolder and, and look at her whistle and down whistle <laughs> yes. downs
0: writing about it in her article yeah. so it's like other people are definitely seeing yeah. outward signs yeah whistle down that-
1: keeps saying mm, i believe this is a love match you mm-hmm. guys exactly and kate of course she's like oh it's not a love match yeah but it is um i know and so this is where edwina also admits she has found her scholar her mr bagwell Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) that's all she wanted i really like the fact that edwina even being considered the most beautiful girl Mm -hmm. of this season all she wants is a nice man who's a scholar like Mm -hmm. this was like her big point she's like i really want somebody who's like learned
1: this is and this is a very sweet sister moment it really touched my heart kate says she realizes that Edwina had all this pressure on her to save the family because of mm-hmm. her beauty. And all she ever wanted was that simple life and a simple man. Right, you know? and she's so
0: relieved she's because relieved. Mr. Bagwell is a second son. He has no money. No money. He just, you know, doing the college thing.
1: And it and ended up being Kate was the one who sort of saved them. You right, know? exactly. So
0: now Edwina can just pursue love no matter what. And yeah. she's really happy for Edwina. She's yeah. like, I'm so it's glad. A great moment. I'm so glad that you weren't pressured into yeah. marry somebody you didn't want to because of us. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Yeah. And so then we have that moment. Anthony comes home during the middle of the day, your showdown scene, which really is a great scene. Oh my God. It is. I love how he just like.
0: The way that um, Edwina and Anthony kind of tease each other, she's like, I always wanted an older brother. This is so much fun. I don't mm-hmm. know why Eloise always complains about you it's or like, whatever.
1: What? It's like, what? It's just so funny. I just like it because they have it a real was. It was. It was good brother yes. and sister bonding yes, moment. it is. It's great. And so that night, um, a thunderstorm hits. And yes. Kate is already asleep, but she's having these nightmares where she's talking. Yeah. Anthony
0: like knows the storm's coming and yes. stays up. I think yes. he like, wants to make sure she's okay. Yes. And
1: that was so... my heart I was like okay Anthony I love you so much I just love you so much
0: yeah (laughs) because he's taking
1: care of her constantly and he's just thinking
0: in his head yes I know that during the scene he does say there's something going on between us he's not stupid Mm -hmm. and he knows it but he's not ready to call it love yet and he says that so like he knows he's really he on knows, the precipice but he's just
1: yeah he's and it's sort of like the tension is mounting inside of him because mm-hmm. he can't stop looking at her he can't stop touching her he can't stop thinking about her I mean he's he's in love
0: Yeah. you know he's exactly. in love. he can't even go throughout the day without wanting to come back home because yeah, he, he's like yeah. he misses Kate so yes.
1: mm-hmm. then he hears her in her nightmare during the thunderstorms crying out for mama mm-hmm. mama but no, she doesn't no, call no, Mary mama. mom she, yeah, calls she calls her, her mother. mother or mother yeah and so um that's when when she wakes up he said you know and he he tells her he tells her all this stuff he says i think you need to talk to mary about it. Mm-hmm. okay and so they do they go to mary and this is where we find out where all of this fear stemmed from yeah this thunderstorm fear it, the thunder her mother died during a thunderstorm not only did that but kate was three years old she walked into the room and saw her basically in an agony of death mm-hmm. you know this sort of pretty much with the lightning flashing yeah, everything on her happened. her her simultaneously simultaneously she died she like opened her mouth and like a Basically, an agonizing scream, which would be traumatizing to anybody, to anyone, especially a three year old. In you know, um, lightning struck a tree, it hit the window. There's glass shattering, and yeah, you have this little child. Yeah. So basically, so she's
0: been having nightmares ever since. But yes. now that she knows, she doesn't remember. But knowing it makes her feel better, and she even tells Anthony, she's like, you know what, you know what, I think, I think that next time a storm happens, I think I'll be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh yeah, okay. But then also, this is such a <laughs> very interesting take. Anthony feels a little bit jealous yeah. about Kate because she's overcome she's this fear. It's like mm-hmm. she had the fear and now she's like at peace and so mm-hmm. he says Kate had fought her demons and won whereas he Who had acknowledged his demons but refused to fear them was now petrified with terror. And all because the one thing he swore would never happen had come to pass, he had fallen in love with his wife. So we get the we get the admission, Mm -hmm. at least internally, that he is like I'm head over here is he's in love with my wife, and this is a terrible thing because now I'm afraid to die. Now I'm not looking forward to death. So this is kind of his trigger. This is Anthony's trigger. Whenever they're making love that night, because he feels kind of desperate in the Mm -hmm. midst of all this, and they're making love. And at the end, Kate's like, I hope we'll always be like this, always and forever. Always and forever is his like trigger because he's like, There's no forever. There's (laughs) There's no there's barely an always because I'm gonna die (laughs) in nine years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he runs away to Bridgerton house. I, I Honestly, it's kind of funny. I love how she can inject some levity into this really dramatic moment because yeah. whenever he's getting dressed, he's like putting his leg in his shirt. She, and he goes,
1: She's like, are you all right? He says, I'm fine. He goes, then why are you putting your leg in your armhole of your shirt?
0: It's, it's, <laughs> it's funny, so funny in the midst of this drama, this yes, high drama that's yes, happening. So he good. runs away. He does not know what to do with his emotions. And Kate's strangely kind of calm about it and just like she knows that there's something that Anthony there's something in Anthony's past something that bothers him and she knows he really needs to talk about it Mm -hmm. so he she's just kind of letting him have his time she gets a note from Eloise the sister the next morning saying that Anthony's at Bridgerton house and Mm -hmm. he looks terrible you should come over so whenever Kate goes there and Eloise is just like yeah he's been over here since four o'clock in the morning I really think you should go check him out she goes in there Anthony's like asleep on his desk and he basically is just pushing her away, and yeah. she wants him to talk about it. Yeah. And he's just like, "I I need time to think. If you just, I'm gonna be back in a couple of days. Like, yeah, I just, just can't go think. Away. Go away, just go, go away. away. He's not being very nice about it, but he's <clears throat> also it's almost like the way that he's talking. He's he's so overwhelmed, he can't even think mm-hmm. straight. And terrible for Kate because Kate's like fucking fine, Mm -hmm. so she just finally leaves, (laughs) and he gets drunk. And then the next day, Colin and Benedict come there and just like they're talk. I love how they're talking loud, they're cracking nuts, and they're like, "You think he's hungover? I guess he's hungover." Yeah, Yeah. like doing it on purpose. I love their bond.
1: Crack crack, crack them louder. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Really being. And
0: I love how they basically just say. You're in love with your wife. What is more simple than that? He's like, go go home, home, Anthony. Go home. And all of a sudden, it just clicks with Anthony. And he's just like, why am I wasting my time? I need to tell her I love her. You're right. And I love that. And like, it didn't take you know, an act of God to yeah. push him, you know, <laughs> just his brothers, not just some his sense brothers being themselves. Yeah. And just being like, just it's fucking simple, dude. You're making it into a really big yeah. deal. Just go big tell him out of a molehill. Like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so Anthony's excited and he's like, I'm yes, going to tell her my I love wife. Her.
1: I know, I love they're like, so we'll see you in a week. He goes, two, maybe yeah, three. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you're never going to see me. I'm going to be holed
0: up at my house. And with my wife. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
1: bye. See ya. So when he gets home, he finds that um, Kate is off in the park with Edwina and Mr. Bagwell. So he yeah, goes she's in chaperoned. searching. Yes, yeah, she's chaperoning, which, which is I so think cute. that's hilarious. If I was yes. ever a
0: chaperone, I'd just be like... It's fine. Y- y'all can yeah. go in the corner there. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs>
1: y'all, can, y'all can sneak off in the shadows right there. Yeah. We would be great chaperones. Yeah, you we'd and me. We would be so
0: totally amazing chaperones. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the perfect I'd be chaperone. like corrupting
1: everybody. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so anyway. So he gets gets to the park. He goes to the park in search of her. He's like, I've got to find her now. He gets on the horse and he's riding through down Rotten Row, and he runs into the Dowager who's like stalling him for a second. And he looks around, and he's and they hear this like clamoring scream or whatever. And there's a curicle out of control, this with the dog barking, and he knows that bark. Newton's oh, it's bark. Newton. It's Newton. Yeah, Newton, Newton and all of a sudden he sees the curricle crash and the the carriage flip over and he knows his wife, his wife you is there. Can't,
0: you can't do anything he can't do about anything. that type of thing. Yeah,
1: that was like serious like moment. I was like oh my god so he runs over there and finds out edwina is okay she was kind of like thrown a little bit free and so is mr bagwell but kate is underneath like was sort of trapped underneath the cure yeah.
0: it's like anthony's worst fears come yes. to life
1: yes that she and, and i love all this internal thought this was this was another one of my showdown scenes because this is where it all clicks where he realizes it doesn't matter Mm-mm. how much time we have we have to you hold on go to each other time. at any moment anybody could die you know So we, um, you know, he gets in there and basically confesses his love to her while she's trapped in the thing. He's like, do you want to get out? He's like, yeah. He's like, will you tell me you love me then? She goes, yeah, just like get me out. (laughs) It's, like, so cute.
0: <laughs> I love how she's, like, you got bloody good timing, like, yeah. motioning to her, trapped in a carriage. I like, know. Of like, my, yes. this is classic. <laughs> this is so
1: Bridgerton, you know? <laughs> and when he pulls her out, she does have a broken leg. It's pretty serious. It's and, pretty um, ghastly. I would pass I know. out too. Kate passes out, and I was like, girl, out. I don't blame
0: you. I don't want to see that mess. <sighs> no.
1: Yes. And it reminds so, me of that
0: recent video of that gymnast who dislocated both of her Oh, ne- I saw I it. I, I didn't can't. watch it. I can't.
1: I'm not even I watching it. Anyway. I, I, yeah. No. It gross. No, thank you. I can't even. <laughs> I watched it
0: once and I was oh. like scarred.
1: When I watch sports injuries and stuff no, like that, I'm gross. like, I okay. want to vomit. Stop Moving it. On. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> Leg injuries, freaking us out over here. We're having a meltdown. (laughs) All right. So um, in the midst of all of this, when he's like, you know, Kate, can you hear me? And he's freaking out thinking she's hurt. He's like, it wasn't supposed to be you. It's supposed to be me. He's saying all these like weird things. So when they get home, he's like, she's like, you were saying some really strange things. What do you mean? I like how he tries to like brush it off. Like, huh? What? What are you talking about? And she's like, no. No. Let's come clean. (laughs) Let's come clean. I love that she never backs down Mm -hmm. to him. And so he finally confesses his fear of his own mortality and that he just does not believe that he's going to live past 39. And that was the whole reason. So he just, he tells her everything.
0: Yeah. And she's like, she's understanding. She's like, you're wrong, but I understand it. And I really don't think that you'll ever be able to get over it until you pass that mark until you pass 38. But in the meantime, Mm
1: -hmm. Let's live life to the fullest here. She's like, she said, I could have died today, and he's like, don't even talk about it. He's like, she's like, well, I could have. Yeah, you know, we don't know when we're gonna go, so let's love each other, you Mm -hmm. know. And so it's just a beautiful, beautiful love.
0: So I love it, and then we have our epilogue. Our epilogue was just a fun, just a fun. Mm -hmm. The whistle down was just like. I love this is a little aspect we didn't talk about. Kate, she likes trying new things, like she's mm-hmm. not afraid to start new things. And <laughs> even she, when she's
1: bad, <laughs> even when
0: she's bad at it, well, she wants to try the flute. And so I guess Anthony really took this YOLO mentality to heart because he decided to learn the flute alongside, the, okay. no, the trumpet, I mean, the I trumpet think, yeah. alongside of um, Kate's flute. Yeah. So the epilogue is whistled down <laughs> talking about um, Anthony's 39th birthday and how they did a concert in the house and their youngest son Miles jumped up and was like, like, can you please stop can,
1: mom and dad can y'all please
0: stop <laughs> and how like none of the guests like interrupted miles for being rude they were like
1: yeah please stop, please stop. it's like so terrible mm-hmm.
0: and so it was just kate it ended with kate and anthony um in bed just talking about like oh this is your 39th and he was like yeah, I spent all day like talking to my dad just telling him everything and like He's finally over it now. Yeah. He's finally just like, this is my life. It's a good life. And I feel okay. And we've passed the mark now. Now I'm 39 and I've officially suppressed my father in years. And I just thought that was a really wonderful way to leave off with Anthony. Just like hopeful and uplifting and just seeing that they're still crazy, um, doing crazy things in their old age. It was just fun. And also like seeing whatever they have kids, and I'm just like, they're so cute. They're procreating. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's much <laughs> more to the Bridgerton series there than is. just Anthony and Kate. You should really go pick up the other books. I It's so hard to pick a favorite. I mean, I really love Anthony and Kate. Everyone mm-hmm. loves Colin's book. I do book. too. That's
1: one of my favorites. I have Colin's to say Colin's book it. is an amazing mm-hmm. book.
0: I enjoy Eloise's book. Francesca is such a different one. I don't want to like spoil any plots for them, but I just love this family because I, the dynamic just between them is amazing and then between their significant others it's amazing too. Then also Juliet had mentioned the second epilogues. You should read the Bridgertons happily ever after after you've read um, all of her books and they have some really good scenes even they have kind of like Violet's story. Mm -hmm. Violet and Edmund whenever they're young. And it's just such a cute story because like this isn't really really a (laughs) spoiler but Violet never remarries you know. Edmund was her only love and so I just that, that was really nice like seeing them um, they almost had an Anthony and Kate relationship which you should go read that because it's really fun and then yeah. If you keep reading the series, you will discover who is Lady Whistledown, and it's fun. So definitely go read for that, guys. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and we look forward to the next one where we'll be discussing The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A.